Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. How many licks does it take to get to the center? Not of a Tootsie Roll Pop, but... It's a Tootsie Pop. What do you mean? It's not a Tootsie Roll Pop, it's a Tootsie Pop. Why? It's a, is it a Tootsie? If you want to have some candy, do you ever say, hey, can I have a Tootsie? Or is it's it a, a Tootsie Pop. It's a Tootsie Roll. No, it's a Tootsie Pop. So it's a Tootsie Roll and then a Tootsie Roll Pop. Anyway, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a cough drop? And you've had about 60 a day, so you should know. I don't know anymore because they all run together. And before anybody mistakes Mike's new co-host for a dude, it is still Vanessa. I have just been dealing with a death cold from H-E Double Hockey Sticks for a week and have been living off of said cough drops and NyQuil. So I apologize to anyone who's listening who's heard me before. I'm not on my A-game. Have you ever heard of karma? No. Murphy's Law. <laughs> you can't make me laugh. Bound to happen. Say it and boom, it comes into existence. The law of attraction. No, I'm not talking about how you and I first met. <laughs> law of attraction didn't work there the first time. Anyways, get to your point there, Freud. Flu shot. I Absolutely got not. a flu shot, and you gave me all of the, those don't work. I can't believe you get flu you shots. You were also sick for a week. I was not sick for a week. I was sick for about four days. I get the flu shot. I get kind of sort of not feeling so well, but I have been sleeping next to you. Not even really sleeping. I've been hearing the <laughs> every single night for a week and a half. I slept on the couch last and night. Who is still healthy as a somewhat healthy horse this guy <laughs> and welcome back to fireproof <coughs> your retirement as you can tell my beautiful runny nose co-host vanessa and i am your other host michael markey it's the show where our goal our hope our passion is to change your life it's a lofty goal and sometimes it seems maybe like a silly goal how could we change your life by just being on a radio? But we've seen it. We've worked with people individually. We've worked with families, individuals. We can change lives by changing the way we look, view, handle, talk about money. We say how money has no meaning because it's a tool. Tools never have meaning. Tools have purpose. Yet how sad is this? Money has no meaning, yet it rips relationships, families, friendships apart. Something with no meaning can be so destructive. 
So today we got a good show. It may not seem like that from the beginning, but we've got how to not cough on the air, followed by how you're going to sleep on the couch tonight. I might. If they start hearing <laughs> the longer you hack up, they wouldn't be surprised. But in all seriousness, I really do. I'm excited by our show today. We're going to give a story about communication, communicating with your advisor, how to do it, and how it's often not done correctly, and behaviors. There's a movement in our industry. It's called behavioral finance, and it hit me today, as you and I have been talking, most of the study of behavioral finance has been to determine how the behaviors of people will change the things they buy, want, desire, how they react to ups and downs of the market. And the studies have been used to try to then guess, predict, project what, how the market's going to react to certain things. But more influentially, maybe we should be talking about how it changes your individual behaviors. So we talk about flu shots. Uh-huh. Flu shots are one of those controversial things. Some people seem to really believe in them. And others are like, oh, I would never get one of those flu shots. It's just a bunch of hogwash. They're, they're injecting you with the death plague. <laughs> Again, you can't make me laugh because I'm just going to cough the whole time. But how can it be so polarizing? For some people, like myself, if I don't get a flu shot, now, maybe this is a placebo effect. I'm willing to admit that that absolutely could be it, that I just feel stronger with it. But last year, I went to get a flu shot. It would have been, I've had flu shot, flu shot, flu shot. So for three years, didn't get it last year because they ran out by the time I went in. Which is okay because I heard that the strand that they gave last year didn't even kill the virus. But I got sick a number of times last year. Now, I always get sick. And I don't know why. It's just I've dealt with high fevers since a small child. I'll spike them early, easily. I remember when you and I first started dating, there was a time when I don't even think it was winter. It was summer because you came in my house and you're like, what is wrong with you? Do you remember the time I'm referring to? Yeah, because you didn't have the AC on. It was 110 out and I thought I was going to die. And I was under a blanket, long sleeves, probably sweats and still shivering. So I'm somebody who struggles with this and I, I spike fevers easily. And I'll miss work every, you know, I'll, I'll absolutely miss like half a week at a time. But the three years in a row when I had the flu shot, I didn't miss any. It didn't mean I didn't get sick. It just meant when it happened, it didn't seem to get quite as severe. And I would still spike a fever, but it wasn't going to 103, 104. It was going to like 100 or 101. Last year, I don't get the shot and I get those same things back. So it absolutely could be placebo. My mind, my body might just be that easily manipulated. I don't know. But or you're just a baby. It's a fever. I work with older people. I kind of, you know, that's kind of a big <laughs> deal to some. But I'm not the only one who would say, give a, let's say, testimonial that flu shots work. They work, they've seemed, for whatever reason, right, wrong, or indifferent, they seem to have worked for me. Yet so many, there's others that are completely against it. There's other things in the medical world this way. Chiropractors. You want to give a polarizing opinion. Talk about chiropractors with people. You and I aren't big fans of chiropractors. I mean, I think they have their value to an extent, but by themselves, they're not that great. And I, I know there's people, you know, there's probably a chiropractor listening who just threw their keys at the stereo. Actually, case in point, my mother, she has scoliosis. She has been diehard my chiropractor for mm -hmm. years. She just said today, I stopped going to the chiropractor. I about fell off my chair. I'm like, why? Well, it wasn't really doing anything for me. No lecture, I go, well, mom, you got to do the PT, too. And stop wearing high heels. <laughs> Touche. 
Well, you know, and the idea here isn't for me to bring up, does it work? Is it valid? Is it not? But it's polarizing. And what I have found is there's also financial products in our industry that tend to be polarizing as well. Um, one of which would be, do you buy permanent insurance or term insurance, life insurance? We don't have enough time today. And that's not our intent for today to go over the difference between whole life insurance, universal life, perf- all those different term insurance. But I guess maybe I'll put it this way, whether it's a flu shot, whether it's a chiropractor, whether it's life insurance, whether it's an annuity or whatever thing, whatever thing you want to throw into this blank that you say, you know, I've heard people say good things about it and I've heard people say bad things about it. Isn't there probably a reason, though, that it, it that it exists? Right. If something's been around for a long time, hasn't it probably helped somebody? It, I would say at least more than one somebody. I mean, again, let's use the flu shot. I'm not sitting... I don't know enough about medicine. And quite frankly, I don't care. I don't care if it's all in my head. I care on the fact that I feel better. I care on the fact that I can... St- sleep next to the walking, breathing, coughing black plague and wake up in the morning. You're like, how'd you sleep? I'm like, fine. How'd you sleep? Shut up. I'm like, well, why are you saying that? Why are you so mad? You asked me. So I don't care. But there's other people who will say, Jenny McCarthy. She'd probably yell at me and be like, three more flu shots and you're going to have autism. Yeah, but I'm alive. I'd rather be autistic and alive than dead. (laughs) Okay. Shot. Tirade. Get to the point. The point is, there's a lot of things that are polarizing. But if it's something that's been around for quite a while, if it's a tool, then saying that as a tool it's always bad or it's always good, I think that's pretty short-sighted. There's not a single financial product that I can think of that's always bad. Nor is there one that's always good good. So if you're working with somebody that tends to only give you the positives or only gives you the negatives of maybe something they don't believe in, then I think it's time to get a second opinion. And it's always hard, especially because you have a relationship with somebody you're working with to maybe go get that second opinion. And that's why I'm a big believer of having people attend our workshops about social security. Because it's not just about social security. It's about making your finances work with your social security work with your health care, having those things combined, taxes, if you're only talking about rate of return, how much of the big picture are you really looking at? So I encourage you, call our office. We're local. We're here in Grand Rapids, Muskegon, Norton Shores area, and Holland. Give us a call, 616-589-4004. 616-589-4004. You can always go on the web and go onto our website, and you can see the different dates available. That's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Or again, locally, 616-589-4004. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. 
As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. We're both here with you. One of us will be talking and one of us will be coughing. So I sincerely apologize for anybody that gets their ears blown out by my coffee. I will try to hit the dump button in advance. I'll do my best to suppress it. So before the break, we started talking about in the financial world, there's no such thing as a good thing and a bad thing. They're tools. They don't have meaning. We just use a tool the right way or the bad way. It reminds me of a story, and this is something that I share with clients that we're meeting with. Um, about a year ago, about maybe closer, probably about two years ago. Do you remember when my foot swelled up that first time? Oh, and you got the gout? I didn't have the gout. Your dad, acute, because your dad has gout. So he's like, well, Mike, you have to have gout. So you do remember it then? Absolutely. Do you remember how I proved to him that I didn't have gout? Not off the top of my head, but maybe. Well, I invite him over for a basketball game on a Saturday. And so he shows up and I've got steak. I've got shrimp. I had some other food that I researched and then I think some red wine or a whiskey out. And he goes, what's all this? And I go, this is my proof I don't have gout. And he goes, well, how does this prove anything? I go, because I'm going to consume all the foods that when you have gout, you are in lots and lots of pain. And tomorrow, when I still feel fine, well, not fine, when my condition is unchanged, it will prove that I don't have gout. So anyway, so no gout. And I'm hobbling, I'm in our Grand Rapids office, I'm hobbling through the parking lot to get to the door. Because you refuse to go to the doctor. And so he pops, my doctor's in the office building. He pops his head out. He's like, Mike, when do you think you're finally going to come in and have this thing looked at? So after the quick passive aggressive guilt trip, I set the appointment. I get in there and we tried a few things. I mean, he takes a look at it. He sees that it's swollen. It's tender. I think it was even discolored. And he tries a few different things and they don't work. And finally, we resulted to um, steroids. Yeah. So it's one of those steroids where you take five the first day, then four, then three, one of those ones. And he goes, and I want you to go see a specialist. Now, by the time my appointment with the specialist finally rolls around, guess what? It's all good. Foot's fine. No swelling, no discoloration. I'm Not good. walking around like a baby. Exactly. Hey. So I go in. And I almost didn't because like any male, I'm like, well, my foot's fine, but... I didn't want to have to tell you that I didn't go. So I still went. I get there. He, the specialist like digs his, he's buried his, uh, his head into the, my chart or whatever it is, my folder. And he starts lecturing me, almost yelling at me about the overuse of steroids. And this isn't a cure all and blah, blah, blah. And my, if your doctor doesn't get that, he needs to figure out how to get a hold of me. And I'm thinking, well, dude, my doctor knows how to get a hold of you. Remember, he referred me to you. Exactly. Now, I mean, you already know the story, but how many people do you think would trust the opinion of that specialist, somebody who never talked to me? He never said good morning. He didn't. I don't even think he looked up from my chart, never made eye contact. Probably zero. None. Very few, at least. I didn't. Because here's what I thought. As I've thought about this a lot, I thought, you know what? He sound, by the way, he, he sounded very intelligent. He strung together some 13-syllable Latin words that I had no idea to the meaning. He was probably calling me a, a jerk. I don't know. But my doctor sounds pretty smart, too. Right. And this is what happened. I didn't fully understand everything he was trying to tell me. 
He said it quickly. He said it over my head, almost a little condescendingly. I think maybe he was trying to say this. I think he was trying to say, Mike, we subject by using this method of treatment, we subjected you to some risk that we didn't have to. We could have treated your foot in a different way without taking that risk, and you didn't notice. You weren't harmed. It wasn't clear. It didn't present itself, that risk, but it was still there. And risk is dangerous. Risk sometimes hurts people. Imagine if he had walked into that office that day differently. What if he had walked in this way? He walked in and first said, good morning. And then said, Mike. How are you, Michael? Right. (laughs) Mike, I'm going to apologize right now. I'm going to apologize because maybe I'm in a bad mood. Maybe I'm just ornery. I don't know. But you know what? I get a little upset with how much I see steroids being used. It's like primary care physicians just think they're a cure-all. I'm not saying yours did this, but that's what I see, and I see it a lot. Now, I don't think you're going to have any issues with this, again, in the short term. It was a flare-up. It ended up being a little torn ligament in my foot that's a little unusual, but common later on. And he goes, as you get older, you gain more weight. Little did he know, it's only going to be six months late. No. But as you get older, you gain more weight, and you become less flexible. This might come And as your doctor and you, you guys go through the treatment process, if it doesn't work again, the things you try, could you do this for me, Mike? And I would have looked at him and said, what? Could you have your doctor call me before you go on steroids? Because since this is my area of specialty, I think I might have one or two, maybe even three more ideas that we could try first before. We jack you up. Right. Well, these weren't Lance Armstrong steroids. I didn't get stronger from it. I had a workout that... Hey, hey, I'm good with the steroids. You stop crying like a schoolgirl. I walked into our workout and remember the trainer, I was like, hey, I can do extra push-ups today. She goes, why? I go, I'm on steroids. She goes, you idiot. Those aren't the same type of steroids. <laughs> I give you that story because isn't that what happens in the financial world? You right. tur- You turn on a Dave Ramsey. We were listening to Dave earlier today. He's entertaining. But he yells at that woman about who said she wanted, she had bad credit and she wanted to get it better. She had some. You don't need any credit. Oh, yeah. You're trying to say that you, you, a credit score says that you're, you know how to win with debt. No, a credit. No, no, no. A credit score says you know how to schmooze and wine and dine the bank. And you don't need a credit score for anything. I've got a zero credit score. False. There's no such thing as a zero credit score. But in some states. Your, some of your insurances, like your property and casualty, your homeowners, your car insurance is affected by your insurance score. Or your credit score. Correct. You get an insurance score and it's affected, but you're right. I I misspoke there. If you want to get cable, not cable, dish, satellite, they'll base it part of that on your credit score. So. This whole idea, when somebody comes in and all they do is just bash this thing, they say, that was a, that's always bad. Or they do what that surgeon did, because special specialist did. See, what I think of is this. As he's telling me everything we did was wrong, I'm thinking back to, okay, but we tried other things first. They didn't work, and here's what I know. My foot hurt, now it doesn't. It looked bad, now it doesn't. It was swollen, it didn't fit in my shoe, and I couldn't tie it shut, now I can. It I can worked. only walk on the treadmill without crying, and now I can run. And cry. <laughs> I think you're going to need to slow down on that cough syrup. It's making me feel pretty good right now, actually. I'm sure it is. Anyways, coming from 
my side, if I'm walking into somebody's office and they open up a file on me, they don't even say hello. They're crabby. They read down a short list and they look at you and they start yelling at you for something that you're trying. When you don't necessarily know the difference because it's what somebody else told you to do. Somebody you trusted. Right. Somebody that you go to on a yearly basis because they're your primary care physician. They're going to get pretty teed off because you trust this person. You've seen them multiple times. You did A, B, and C, even though A, B, and C weren't necessarily prescribed things. And all this guy did was start yelling at you at option D, which worked. Mm-hmm. I mean. And we see that in the financial world like we were talking about, don't we? Yeah, I mean, quite often you get people who say, well, this is, I only use this or I only use that. So when you walk in and they look at it and you use something that they think is a negative and they start yelling at you, are you, do you, do you really want to do business with them? They haven't even looked at your whole portfolio. They haven't even had a conversation with you and they're telling you you're doing something wrong. Right. So let's, I think that's a good point for us to break at for our last break here. But when we come back, you know, today we've been talking a lot about communication. When we come back, let's talk about how we need to communicate better, more clearly, more articulately to your advisor. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Every great day has a beginning, and every bad day has an ending. Many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel, the thing you want to see most is how nice your bathroom is. You'll take a look at the shower, the shower door, the glass, the handles, the hinges. Let my friends, my family, the pros at City Glass and Mirror, they've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740. 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com. That's cityglassgh.com. Or again, give them a call, 842-3740. And welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Here in my disease cough box, what you guys don't get is every time we go to break, it's like this wave of opportunity to cough and clear your throat. You won't let me do it on air, so I have to get it out of my system. As we speak, my flu shot effectiveness is going down. (laughs) We've talked about proper communication, or maybe better communication would be more appropriate here. And what that means with an advisor. There's two things that I want to hopefully hit before we leave you today. The first is I hear this a lot. I told my, you know, maybe we'll do a assessment of somebody, the risk they're taking. And they'll say, well, no, Mike, I told my advisor, I want to be safe with these dollars. I want to be conservative. I didn't want to take a lot of risk. And yet they are. They're taking more than what they, as we'll define it, not be subjective, but objective. And they'll be surprised at that amount of risk. And then they're kind of upset with the advisor, the previous advisor. But that's not completely fair, is it? Right, because everybody's idea of risk is different. Exactly. I mean, if that advisor is working with a lot of people who are younger, then in a downturn, those people might lose what? 40 or 50%? Yeah, maybe. And let's imagine that your portfolio, you're a little bit older. 
you're getting closer to retirement. So you say, George, that's what we're going to call the advisor here. George, I don't want to take a lot of risk. I want to be safer. Now, let's say that you lost, you lose 20% then in a downturn. Everyone, all the, all his or her other clients lost 40 to 50%, but you only lose 20 or 25. George thinks he did a pretty good job. George thinks you were quite a bit safer. Correct. Relatively to everybody else. <laughs> but yet that may not be your idea of safer. So you need to articulate. You need to have that conversation. What does safer mean? And we talked about a wedding. If you're having a wedding outdoors, then you better ha- you have a backup plan, right? Absolutely. What happens if it rains? And it's in Michigan, so what happens if it snows? snows. <laughs> and you may even have a professional person helping you. Right. But does the bride know what the backup plan is? She should. Does the bride's maid of honor know what the backup plan is? Absolutely. Does the bride's mother know what the backup plan is? Yes. Does the bride's husband-to-be? No. no. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> even they do. Does the bride's husband-to-be's mother? Yes. yes. So when it comes to something like planning a wedding, and if it's outside, even if it's indoors, if there's something that you think that might go wrong, you have a plan for what happens if it does. Correct. And you'll talk about that ad nauseum. Right. And it probably will never happen. Well, because you have to be able to let the hundreds of people that you have invited to your wedding know that there's a backup. Yet a lot of people listening, if we asked you, so if the market goes down by 30%, if you lose your job right, you know, at a point you wanted to work till 65, that's what you're telling me you want to work to. But mm-hmm. if you lose your job at 62, what's the plan for income? I don't know. My advisor knows that. Yeah, they'll figure that out. Huh. If the markets are down right before your retirement, what... Where are you going to get your income? I don't know. I'll ask my advisor. Oh, he's got a plan for it then, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. If your health goes the wrong direction a couple years into retirement, what dollars are you going to use to pay for it? I don't know. I'll ask my advisor. We're good at this game. <laughs> but if it's a wedding, if I if I asked any bride-to-be, what happens What's your plan if the weather's bad? So does the bride just say, well, I don't know, but I'll let you my wedding planner does. Absolutely not. How about this one? Now, you might kick me when we're leaving here later. But when we got married, you potentially were, possibly, might have been pregnant. Maybe. (laughs) Just about three months, maybe. But there was somebody in our family, Aunt Lois, who people were afraid if she found out, she might what? Not show up. She might boycott it. And if she found out there, she might get up and walk out. Now, I didn't know Aunt Lois very well back then. But I can tell you now that I believe if she had found out, this is my belief, if she had found out at that time, she wouldn't have walked out. She wouldn't have been happy with you. And she likes me, so it wouldn't have been my fault. It's great. It right. wouldn't have been my fault. It would have been yours. Right. But here's what's interesting. The probability of that happening was very slim, yet we had a plan for it. And what surprises me is with something, an example like that, everybody, it makes sense that you'd have a plan for it. Yet many people listening, when we ask, what are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if that happens? What are you going to do if the market's down? What are you going to do if you lose your job? What are you going to do if your health goes bad? They're like, I don't know, but I've got a person I trust. They, They deal with that. This is your financial future. When it comes to something like a wedding, you were a part of it. And it's just one day. 
Yet, what's the probability that you'll see a downturn in retirement? I hope, God willing, you live long enough to see another recession. Sounds weird, but really, I hope you do. The likelihood that one of you, if you're a married couple, that one of you will pass before the other, the, that you won't die on the same day, that's pretty high, isn't it? That you very, won't, yeah, very high. That one will predecease. Are you talking about the taxation of what happens when one of you passes? What if it happens when you're still relatively young in retirement? What happens if we only leave one spouse and they're in their early 70s and they need that income and you took Social Security early so you don't have as much and now more of it gets taxed and now medical maybe is higher? These are conversations not being had, yet the probability of them happening is great. And yet we'll talk for hours, hours about this seldomly likely thing to happen in a wedding. That's one day. If this sounds like you, then you're not getting financial planning. You may be getting financial talk, but it's not advice. It's not planning. It's not acting as a fiduciary. Until next week, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.